On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about the season finale in the toilet. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Five passes caught. Lazard. Touchdown. There it is. History for Aaron Rodgers on Christmas Day at Lambeau. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to the Pack It Up Packers podcast. Joined as always by Josh and Daniel, back from vacation. How are we doing, boys? Hey, an honorary since we missed it. Ooh, Ooh. (laughs) nice. We said we'd go five and zero in the last five games, and we are four and zero and locked up the one seed. That's all that mattered. All right, didn't know where we were going with that. Uh, Seemed rogue, but. Uh, it's, it's been a wild, wild week of a lot of just people throwing stuff out. Uh, let's actually start here. We were going to start one place. We're going to start another place. Uh, we're going to touch on it briefly, but Aaron Rodgers and a certain writer from, you guessed it, Chicago fighting over how you should vote for MVP. Are, we are all in agreement that it's ridiculous to consider outside sources unless somebody murdered somebody, right? Like we're good with being like on field is what matters. Yeah, felonies yeah. and gambling on the game would be Correct. disqualification. Yep, agree. Uh, yeah. Vaccination status, I don't believe, is a disqualification. <laughs> well, and if he doesn't want to vote for him, I mean, I would agree that I, if I were a writer, non, you know, non-Packer fan writer, I probably wouldn't vote for Aaron Rodgers either this year. And and there's plenty of reasons that you can argue other than what he said. Yeah, well, it's just so a, based on play on the field. I mean, Cooper Cup or Jonathan Taylor? Like, who who would your vote be for then? I I said Cooper Cup last last episode. It's it's split between Cooper Cup, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, I don't think any quarterback really deserves it this year. I think Devontae Adams was a big key in Rodgers' success this year. Um, and, you know, Tom Brady, yeah, he's doing good things, but, like, they're barely surviving. Um, so, it, yeah, I think it belongs to somebody other than a quarterback this year. At some point, we we can create a podcast on this in the offseason, but at some point, that if MVP is just always going to be the best quarterback on the best team, then we need another award that's actually most valuable play. Amen. Amen. Yep. Well, there I I've heard a rumor that they're just waiting for Tom Brady to freaking retire at some point. It'll be the Brady Award. How about that? <laughs> that's fine. And then give well, yeah the most top quarterback gets the Brady, Brady Award, and then MVP is open to actual and, people. And, and the most efficient like, player award will be called the Rodgers. Hmm. Well, in that case, it would be Jonathan Taylor because I. I I if I had to put money on it, I think it's still gonna be a, a damn QB. What Jonathan Taylor has done, uh, receiving wise, rushing wise, the fact that the Colts are a threat to make the playoffs is single-handedly because of him and nobody else. And so that seems biased though, because he's a Wisconsin guy. But uh, yeah, go Badgers. Yep. So that's all I want to spend uh, time on that. I just it's crazy when a guy comes on to a, a syndicated radio show saying that just from the offseason alone, he wouldn't vote for Rogers is like, wow, we're 
Well, and and hold on, since we're on this, let's spend another 30 seconds. There was a a link today from Boomer Esiason's radio show where they have sources that are close to the situation that say if the Packers make it to the Super Bowl, Rodgers would take the opportunity to threaten to boycott, I believe was the official language, not necessarily boycott, but threaten to boycott the Super Bowl game because of COVID protocols and policies that the league has in place to the degree that Supposedly, from these sources, Boomer Esiason and his team say that Aaron Rodgers has told Jordan Love to stay ready, to be ready. It's like, do we believe those sources? Hell no. Do we think Aaron Rodgers would get to the Super Bowl? I think it's the same source that leaked everything on draft day. I think it's just to cause a ruckus. Now, do I think Aaron Rodgers wants the NFL to change some ruling around COVID slash all of us want people to change the ruling around COVID, but it's, I, I think it's overblown 100%. Uh, yeah. I, why would you not tell your backup in a position that a thousand percent matters that you should be ready? Like I would think that every playoff <laughs> quarterback would turn to their backup and be like, Hey man, stay sharp. Because if I go down, even if it's that one play, you know, the (laughs) the helmet gets knocked off and we need Jordan love to complete a third and six. No, just dump it off. Dump it off. But it's not out of the realm of possibility that I could see Rogers being in that press conference. And you know how he kind of says stuff and you know, he's not serious, but he's throwing it out in the ether. He's like, I mean, what if we just didn't play? If you didn't like, you know what I mean? Like he, I, I wouldn't, put it totally against him to say some things that you know won't happen, but he's, he's poking the bear. That's, I mean, that's full confidence. He would leverage media day to become a platform for something, but you know what? I can look past that. If we're at media day for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think 14 wins is big. Obviously winning an MVP is big. This dude wants a second ring. So badly that there is nothing that would jeopardize that especially if we got to the point where they are a win away so yeah he he even brought up on the pat mcafee show uh <laughs> that that he he bravo, if they made bravo. if they made it to a super bowl that he he's really going to take it in he goes the last time it just sort of flew by i really didn't even know what was going on and he he really wants to get back to just sort of experience that again and and bring the team there and, and experience with the boys. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's talk about how we get there then. Yeah, let's go. So here we go. Week 17, which is the first time in our lifetimes. We are actually saying that we are heading to Detroit. And I just want to say, sorry to the people of Detroit. I actually like this lions team. I have nothing against the lions. I was a huge Barry Sanders fan growing up. I enjoy watching them on Thanksgiving because more often than not, they actually put up good performances then. And you look at this this team. They are two thirteen and one, knocking on that basement cellar door. But then, and I know that there's some Vikings fans that well, if you take away the last three minutes of every half, the Vikings would beat the Dolphins for an undefeated season. But you look at this 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 Lions team. Uh, two point loss to the Ravens. Two point loss to the Vikings. Uh, three point loss to the Browns. Two-point loss to the Bears. Like, they've had five games of three or less points that they were in it. They would easily, if they switched those reversal in a magical world, be the second-best team in this NFC North. And yet, here they are. It sounds as though 
Goff will be back, so we'll have that discussion in a second of whether we would have liked to have seen Tim Boyle and Jordan Love duke it out. But there's a whole lot of of talk out there. Of, it sounds like Rodgers is going to play. It sounds like we're going to get Myers back. There's iffiness on the Jair and on the Bach front. But let's focus on this Lions offense that has had moments, but it just hasn't been the season that they wanted to. Uh, St. Brown, we always knew St. Brown would show up. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, but let's talk about this offense that let's just assume for the time being, Jared Goff is at quarterback. Yeah, it looks like Goff is in, uh, you know, the line is out their tackles and their star center. Hawkinson is not there. He had a great game against us when we first played in week two, I believe it was. I think he had something like eight for 60. Uh, he had a, a productive day and they targeted him a ton. And we talked about the power of, or the, the dynamic athletic ability of like a, a Josh Reynolds and a Khalif Raymond and the potential of them exposing other corners on our team, but it didn't really come to fruition. The guy that's taken the step forward for their wide receiver court is Amon Rossi Brown. So I'm excited to see that brother on brother matchup specifically because my guess is Equinemius gets just as many stop. Uh, snaps as Amonra this week. Yeah, uh, Amonra, I'm really surprised. I mean, we were talking, you know, about him in the draft, like a great steal, but he, he looks like a legit wide receiver, um, you know. And and the issue with the Lions is they play consistent, you know. They just don't have the talent, you know. They're just not quite there, especially like Dan said on the offensive line. They're injury-ridden, and they don't have the depth that the Packers are, have been blessed with this year at that position. So you, you can clearly see it. I mean, we all know Jamal Williams is a decent runner, and he has not had you know the year that he had probably hoped for. Um, but uh, you know this this offense is really limited. You know, I really against our defense, I don't think they really stand a chance this week, even if. Uh, Stafford is in there, um, you know, Hawkinson oh, not being there will will really take away that middle, uh, the middle deep threat. So uh, I'm I'm interested to see, but I, I don't I honestly don't think they stand a chance this week. Oh, I, th- I think they stand a chance. They've they've put up very few duds of games. And that's, you know, to both of your statements about the the quality of the coaching staff and the energy that they play with. And, and yes, the talent may not be there, but they're three weeks off of beating the Cardinals. Uh, they just gave up 51 to the Seahawks. So maybe the defense might be an issue, but uh, they've, they've played all of these close games. And the last time we played them to, to jump back to that game, I know it's three months ago at this point, but we were losing at halftime. It was 17 to 14 at halftime. And then we had three touchdowns in the second half. So uh, by all means, considering we're going to sit our starters at some point, um, this is easily a game you could lose. And, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter uh, other than it, you know, it makes the Lions draft pick one slot worse. Um, but I'd still like to win it just from a momentum perspective. And I think between, you know, the entirety of the team, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be a offensive uh uh, showstopper, you know, a bunch of fireworks out there, but I think they can put up enough points when you got someone like Devondre Campbell questionable for the Packers. Uh, Jair's not coming back yet. Uh, Zadarius is nowhere near back yet. We're not even hearing his name in the press conferences. Uh, they still have enough, you know, when we start resting Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith and, 
do we rest Amos and Savage or Stokes? I mean, we start talking about resting those guys, and they can put up 21 pretty quick, and it's a matter of what, what damage did we do with Rodgers on the field because <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if Love's going to put up three touchdowns or zero. And you also look at it, they have won their last two home games, and the home game before that was Thanksgiving against the Bears, where the Bears tried in their darndest to screw that game up. So you look at a team that really has only played at home uh, three times since Thanksgiving. Uh, so there is something to be said about just coming home. We'll see what the energy level is. I would assume that knowing Dan Campbell and that whole group, this team will be ready to play. This is the proverbial uh, cliche. This is our Super Bowl is to somehow finish this season with a win and hope that there's brighter times next year. But I, I think, man, I'm right in between you guys because there's nothing about Detroit that scares me. But when you think about the Packers, uh, granted, they've been without a lot of starters and pro bowlers all season. But now, like, who I have no idea who even plays in the second half of this game. Like it really could be like Chandon Sullivan is CB one. And we're trying to do what we can with uh, John Charles in the backfield. Like I, I don't know what it necessarily ends up at, but they will score more points than we expect. I, I think they will be in the twenties, but it's uh it's a matter of does golf look halfway decent after being out so long uh does saint brown try to get motivation against his brother they have pieces to make a run this game it just comes down to how comfortable do we feel about packer starters and and the depth for this game that they go yeah they they better hope that golf looks good because there's not really a top tier quarterback for them to draft with pick number one, two, three, or four, whatever they end up with. So you're probably looking at, you know, without an off-season acquisition of one of these big names, you might be looking at another year of golf and just building some talent around him. So, I mean, as a Detroit fan base, you got to be hoping golf can go put up 250 yards without an interception against what's going to be a, a, a backup defense in the second half in particular, I would imagine. So I wanted to bring up this. Are we disappointed or okay with not seeing Tim Boyle across the field? Because I personally have a sweet spot in my heart for him, and I would want him to do well, but I also want to win. How do we feel about that? Uh, I'm bummed. I I honestly (laughs) thought everybody would start other than the two starting quarterbacks. Um, So it doesn't look that way. It looks like Rodgers is going to get out there a bit. But I I, I want to see love. I want to I want to see our old uh, QB number two go at it and uh, in the final game of the season when a game doesn't matter. It it would be it would have been a fun watch. I mean, you might still see it. Who knows? But I don't really subscribe to the fan base love of Tim Boyle. Other than I remember his shoe game was pretty strong. He always had like the Air Jordan cleats. Uh, but he got a chance to start a game for the Lions and he looked like Tim Boyle in college. And that's all I needed to see. So, yeah, if you wanted to win the game, it would have been nice to see him on the field. But from a storyline perspective, I'd rather see what our guys can do against, you know, a known NFL quantity in Jared Goff because we're going to get to see some younger guys play. We're going to get to see Shamar Jean Charles. We're going to get to see typical A. We're going to get to see TJ Slayton. I want to see them against a, a known NFL quantity than a guy that, you know, maybe we can have some fun Baker Mayfield style and get three interceptions. But. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see what we have. 
I'm All right, you brought up, I, I'm glad you brought up Slayton because uh, I was going to bring him up later in the pod. Wink, wink. Ooh. Let's turn our attention to the offense, which I fear is where we have this conundrum of, wow, Devontae, I would really love for you to get to 22 yards and have the single season. But I also don't really need to see Rodgers and you out there. But I also don't like the thought of them sitting three weeks out. Uh, it, it sounds like Josh Myers is back, which I think is huge. I would love to add at least some depth to this O-line. And Bakhtiari, if he feels okay after these practices, plans on playing, which is monstrous. Let's I cannot. Go. Can you believe week 17 and we still Eight. have three? Well, crack games. 18. Yep. That we have three pro bowlers that have played a total of like Felt five like weeks. A dream. Holy mackerel. So how do we feel about this offense, which, I mean, I feel like uh, we're throwing things into the air and seeing what happens, but how do we feel about this offense against Detroit? You know, I've been confused by the Detroit defense. I thought they would have been a a little better this year. You know, they have had some really good games, like you said, Arizona, was one of them where they just shut down uh, Murray. But, uh, you know, it, it's just I think they're really young in, in on the outside and safeties are, are lacking. So people can pass on them at will at times. And, and you've seen that, especially last week versus Seattle, when they couldn't control the ball on their offensive end. They got tired and, and they got beat a lot. So. Um, I, I'm I'm really interested. The one guy I did want to bring up is a, a, a feet to Milifonu, the corner. He he's had an injury-ridden rookie season, uh, but he's back in this game, uh, and he's a he's a lockdown corner. He knows how to play man to man. I expect him to make some plays in this game. Um, but yeah, this this defense is like you said, Dan. I think the reason they're losing, they do have a consistent offense, but the defense is just not there. Is it Melifonu like six three too? Yeah, he's got a massive wingspan. Yeah, I think he's one of the tallest corners in the league. But you know they're missing Oruwarie, I I think is the official pronunciation, and Jeff Okuda, you know, to IR in that secondary. So don't be shocked if that first drive has a shot play dialed up for Devonte, and by shot play, you know, twenty yard dig route to get him twenty three yards, and then when we're ready to take him out, we take him out because <laughs> I I think. I think everyone knows that Devontae is looking at that number and wants to go get it. I like that they're going to play him for a little bit. I just hope they come in with the mentality of when we're playing, we're out there to win a game, we're out there to score touchdowns. Because if you come in with any other mindset, that's when bad news can happen. And I'm carefully avoiding using a word I'm banned from using on this podcast. So I'm doing a darn good job at it. I'm going to pat myself on the back right now. Uh, But to your guys' point, you know, this is an awesome opportunity. Um, Aaron Jones is questionable. And, you know, even if he does go, I'd say give him just a quarter or a couple a couple drives uh, worth of reps, and then let's go see Patrick Taylor, right? Let's let's get some opportunities out of these other guys. I I actually want to pose the question to you guys of, and and we can do this offense and defense, but we're focusing on the offense at this point. But like, who are you most excited to see get extended reps in a game like this? You know, it's interesting that you brought up Taylor because you look at last uh, weekend Seattle burnt this Lions team up 51 points and it was behind Metcalf and Penny. I wouldn't, 
be surprised, and this is a biased statement by all means and a stretch at, at best. Patrick Taylor and EQ, if they want to have a game in terms of size, just run and go and do what you got to do, I think they could have a really, really good resume-building game. Uh, and then I guess my first my first answer to your question would be Jordan Love. Like I, I think it was a tough situation to go into Kansas City and get a start. I think this is a little bit nicer of a position, not as much pressure. Let's see what he can do. Hand the ball off, make the throws he needs to make. I would assume that, let's say Rodgers plays two series, we get the record for Adams, Rodgers gets a touchdown to cap that season off. I would love to see just love. I mean, it sounds dopey, and it's probably the easiest answer to the group, but I just want to see him play with hopefully an offensive playbook that LaFleur knows how he did him wrong in Kansas City and fixes it this game. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Patrick Taylor's few reps last week, uh, he looked like a mini A.J. Dillon, you know, running over some people, a little bowling ball style runner. Uh, So I'd be excited to see him get 10 to 15 carries. But I mean, what would be really cool and credit to my coworker, John, with this concept. But what if Jordan Love throws three touchdowns in the second half and has a little Matt Flynn experience? Like your options in the offseason just opened up. Yeah. No, my I, I, I like that one, but you know, to help us in the postseason, I'm actually excited to see a little bit more Kevin King. You know, we've had Whoa. we've had a man? lot of success with Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas, you know, they've been playing really well. But if we can get Kevin King hot in this game and gain some confidence as our number four, you know you're gonna need him in the postseason. You yeah. know, there's a lot of corners always on the field in the postseason, so it, it will be it would be fun. It would be fun. That's a very realistic answer, and I I can't argue that. But even if I had to pick someone out of the corner group, in my head, I'm looking at next year, and like Kevin King's already off the roster in my head, so I'd, I'd rather see Shamar hey, Jean Charles. We might be able to get him cheap now. Who knows? We had him cheap this year for what he wanted to be, but yeah, maybe what was I think he was at four million this year. Like maybe you can get him for two on another prove it deal. Exactly. Um, he's just, I, I think I held out hope on him the longest. And even now that he's back, he's been outperformed by Russell Douglas and a rookie and clear as day that he's been outperformed by them. So, um, uh, but you're right. If you can get him playing his best ball or just, you know, last year ball minus the third downs, get him off the field in those situations. Uh, he can still be a valuable contributor on a playoff run when you, when you might face a team like the Cowboys that have a bunch of wide receivers. Um, you're going to need that depth. So that's a good call out. I'd still like to see some of these younger guys we haven't seen much of, but you're going to need all of them to contribute. Yeah, for defense, I mentioned it before, Slayton. I would love to see what that big boy can do. I know Josh is worried about can a 22-year-old play 40 snaps no, of NFL? it's all out now. <laughs> it's postseason, baby. It's time to shine. You ain't a rookie. know your more. name. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it, it, um, can we all uh pour one out a little bit that David Moore gave us the most exciting uh three minutes of return? <laughs> now he's already out, just like, oh, damn, man, we can't have nice things at any position. But yeah, he'll but be I'm back kidding. for the playoffs. I bet he has to be our punt returner, right? After seeing that, correct? That yeah, I mean, he has to be. Hundred percent. You know who we all didn't just call out for getting more reps? Amari Rogers. None of us are excited to see him get more reps. I'm excited for him next year. Yeah. I'd, <laughs> he's not dead to me, but 
in this year's contribution. Like I'm, we're, we're his confidence is shot. Right? He he needs a yeah. year to just reboot. Let's get going. Get hot in the preseason. He's a talented player. He he's just in the yeah. David Moore's your punt returner, but around the league, obviously around the nation, there's issues. But around the league. I saw today or yesterday, some guy just came back after being on the list for one day. So he must have had, I don't know all the rules, but asymptomatic and tested negative once or twice in order to get out of protocols right away. So maybe even that five-day window, they're finding some workarounds. So, you know, you never know who's playing nowadays until actual kickoff time. But I'd love to get one more game rep under David Moore's belt because his contribution could be huge, if not for actual returns, just for not turning the ball over on special teams. Can I throw out one more name? I know that we said one name and then we just listed half of our roster. I would like to change my answer, though. I know I had St. Brown in there um, with with Taylor in the backfield. I want to switch out St. Brown, and I want to actually say Deguara because he has shown moments over these last couple weeks that we are going to need an athletic Tanyan-type tight end in the postseason. So if he can have a solid game blocking – both from on the line, but then when he sneaks in the backfield, whether it's Dylan or Taylor that's behind him, I think it would be awesome to see him working with Rodgers those first couple of series and then working with Love for the rest of the game because he is going to be an asset for the playoffs, first and foremost. But it would set up an amazing situation that if he can be a true number two tight end, assuming that Mercedes Lewis retires at the end of the season, him and Tunyon on either side would be fantastic. So I'm going to trade him out, and He's that's so my close. trio is is Love, Taylor, and Deguara is who I want to see against Detroit. That's a good Deguara one. Deguara is a, so close. So close. Doesn't it feel that way? In a position like no one's really talking about because Deguara is so close but hasn't done it yet, that's a great call out. So let's get to predictions of a game that we can't even predict these starting lineup of. But let's talk about in a, a fantasy world, you decide who plays and how long they play for. What is your prediction for Detroit and Green Bay in the last week of the regular season? Finn, first for you, you're back. Oh, welcome back from the Bahamas. You get to go first. I think that was my first missed podcast uh, in three years, maybe for any of us. So appreciate Andy for filling in um, my prediction. You know, Vegas has a minus three spread on it, and it almost feels like one of those trap games uh, where the, the spread looks too easy. It's like Packers versus Lions. Yeah, one seed, even with some backups, they should win that, right? Don't the Lions want the number one draft pick? Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Lions come out and win this game. Um, I do think everyone's out. Yeah, I guess it depends. You know, if they score on their first two drives, even a touchdown and a field goal, pull them out, right? I, I don't need them in for a full half. I don't think they'll need to be in as long as everything looks efficient and crisp. Now, if they struggle a little bit, they probably get a full half. Either way, the Lions are going to be competitive. It should be a good game looking past the names on the back of the jerseys. If you just go Packers versus Lions box score, this should actually be a pretty good game. So enjoy it for what it's worth. I got Packers still squeaking one out just from being efficient out of the gate, 23 to 21. Not a not a hyper amount of scoring. I think the Packers settle for field goals quite a bit, um, but I think the MVP is a guy we called out, a young guy that's going to get more reps than he normally does, and is going to get those reps with a quarterback that he'd been practicing with for a majority of the year. Equinemius 
put on a show for your brother. Your brother's outperforming you. And even back in college, like Equinemius was a nice receiver at Notre Dame, but they knew Amonra at USC was the better athlete. Equinemius was quoted in an interview saying the same thing. But he's got this awesome opportunity to go head-to-head, get a bunch of reps. I'll I'll predict he goes somewhere in the neighborhood of like seven catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. There is no way. I'm sorry. There is a way. There is a way. I don't think Devontae is the only wide receiver sitting, right? Like, they'll sit MBS and Lazard. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, EQ's your wide receiver one for the second half. <sighs> Oof. All right. I'm 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 in the same boat, you know. I I've got 24-13. Packers winning 24-13. I I think it's close at half. I think it, the score at half would be 14-10, you know. I, I think it will be close. This this is a this is a scrappy Detroit Lions team. Like Ryan said, like we mean no disrespect at all. We've loved watching you guys. Your coach has heart that I haven't seen in a head coach in a long time. The man cried on a national broadcast. Like, I want to see this team next year at least be second. You know, they can't beat the Packers, but at least be second in the NFC North and make the playoffs. But, you know, I just don't think they have it in them. MVP, I I know I brought up Kevin King's name, but I think Chandon Sullivan in this game has a chance to make some plays. We know he has good hands. Um, He's had some interceptions this year in junk time. Um, and I and I love his tackling. I think I think he's going to come up big in the running game on the outside. So Shannon Sullivan, come on, baby, show up. Did you give a, Did you give a final game score? I remember fourteen ten at halftime. But what was your final prediction? Twenty four thirteen. Twenty four thirteen. A big victory. Mm. Oh, big eleven. Big. Yeah, I think with Rodgers and Adams playing, I would actually expect us to jump out and then completely take the foot off the gas i still think it's going to be a 27 to 20 game by the packers and i think it's probably a a late field goal that makes it worthwhile or maybe even two late field goals uh that love can get us into territory and crosby hits it through although we know how he does in detroit sometimes and some guy that we have brought up more on this episode than we have all year i'm going to give the the game ball to taylor i i can just envision packers twitter at the end of this game going, hold on a second, we have Aaron Jones, we have A.J. Dillon, and our start of the year four stringer could be a backup on 10 teams. I'm waiting for this unrealistic, completely biased, insane storyline to shoot off into the Twitterverse. I think Taylor is just going to look really, really solid as soon as he gets to go. I hope they sit Aaron Jones. I don't need to see any of him. I hope as soon as Adams gets the record, sit him down along with Rodgers. I I just want a clean first or second series, and then let's see these kind of second, third, fourth stringers go out. You know, with that said, you know, with with all these young guys that we've had step up this year, like I am so excited to see what we decide to do next year. You know, you know, some guys can just get lucky one year and they sort of disappear after. But I honestly think some of the play we've seen out of the offense alignment, young defense alignment, um, you know, backup running backs and wide receivers. Alan Lazard is coming into something that I think I should we should all be really excited about next year. But, man. Oh, I'm excited. I'm just excited. The young guys are really stepping up in the backups. It's fun to see for once. And I don't know if you guys caught it. Preston Smith actually joined uh, the aforementioned Pat McAfee show, and they asked him about whether he was playing. And he goes, 
if it was up to the players, every single guy would play because we want to win. And whomever is on the field in Detroit wants nothing more than to win. So I think that this could be an awesome opportunity. We've seen it plenty of times this season of somebody stepping up in the moment to make a difference. I I just I have a feeling that the Packers will do the same this week. I, I think that Lions will come out motivated, but at the end of the day, they're two thirteen and one. It is what it is. I think there's going to be a lot of players on this Packers roster knowing that we have twenty some free agents next year that go. This is my opportunity to shine, and they're going to come out hardcore, ready to go. We got a live update, boys, to our storyline to lead Uh-oh. the show. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has quoted, quote tweeted Boomer Esiason's story about a trusted source indicating he will threaten to boycott the Super Bowl. And he quotes, he's told Jordan Love to be ready with the cry emoji with some of the best hashtags I've seen yet. Dumbest bleeping <laughs> story ever. <laughs> boycott bums, boycott shoes, boycott waterfalls, boycott AJ smoking cigars, and boycott LaFleur's brows oh, is one of my favorite this, ones there. <laughs> Jordan the Love. Best. Jordan Love responds fake news. Kurt Benkert responds. Uh, Kurt Benkert looks like he wants to be involved in the storyline, so he th- he's throwing some comments in there. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, this pod was Boomer. accurate with Boomer Esiason doesn't have the best sources on the Green we're, Bay We're Bash. calling you out, Boomer. Get off the air. <laughs> yeah, get, get out of here, Boomer. <laughs> so, this is how journalism should work. He should now have to name his source. Can you know, he we, and he can no longer out. use that source ever again in his life. Hmm even Can better but how would we know if he doesn't have to name a source he shouldn't have to be like i got my news from this guy blame him not me mm. can you imagine if mj had twitter with all the storylines oh my god around? oh the, my the casino tweets oh that would have happened <laughs> betting on the plane i mean i saw on. mj have two million on the craps table <laughs> and then MJ, it's him with like, like i get that from nike in a week <laughs> shut up <laughs> Holy moly, we went everywhere this podcast, so I hope everybody enjoys our, our final regular season pod of the year, but my goodness, I just hope for knock on wood for health, knock on wood for a win, let's just let's have some fun and see where the chips may fall because next episode we are talking about what the path would look like for a Packers Super Bowl. Oh my god. You're so until body. then, yeah, until then, thanks everybody. Okay, good.